from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. If you're old enough, you remember 9-11-2001. You woke up, it was a normal day. A couple hours later, you realize we're in a war. And today, you woke up. It's a normal day. But you're about to realize you're in a war. Back in 2001, our battle was against terrorists. The war you're in today is against thoughts. On 9-11, unwanted terrorists made their ways into airplanes. Today, unwanted thoughts make their way into your mind. There was a study done that revealed people have, on average, 500 intrusive thoughts every 16 hours, each lasting, on average, 14 seconds. They found that many are worries or anxious thoughts. 18% are mean thoughts towards others. And 13% of these intrusive thoughts are ugly or downright shocking. All of that amounts to one 116 minutes, just about two hours a day of some sort of unwanted, unwelcome, unhelpful thoughts that take us where we don't want to go. Do you know what that means? It means that the battle for your life is won or lost in your mind. If you are a child of the 80s, you are taught that love is a battlefield. Thank you, Benatar. Benatar. If you're a bit younger, you learn the same lesson from Jordan Sparks. And and if you're asking questions about fields, why you got your car in one? If if you're even younger, you think Battlefield is a series of video games. No, your mind is a battlefield. And the battle for your life is always won or lost in your mind. If you want your life to be what you want your life to be, I would say even better, if you want your life to be what God wants your life to be, then you've got to understand this. Your thoughts will control you. So you have to control your thoughts. Another way we could say it, to change your life, you have to change your thinking. And you can. You can change your thinking. You can control your thoughts. Uh, Back after 9-11, we realized that there was a danger we had been unaware of, that that people could get into an airplane uh, with items that did not belong on that airplane. If they got those items into the airplane, they could take over the airplane. So what happened? Well, TSA happened. Now, if you're younger, you won't remember this, but anyone used to be able to walk down to the gate at the airport, to any gate. You didn't need to be flying. You didn't need to have a ticket. Come one, come all. But 9-11 changed that. We are now aware of the danger we could be in. And so suddenly there were were new levels of security, right? Only certain people are allowed. Security checkpoints were installed to ensure that. And ever since, it's become obvious that that screening process is necessary, Because people try to get things on flights that do not belong on flights. Some with evil intentions, some not so much. And seriously, have have you seen some of the things people try to get on flights? Let let me show you a few. These are all real, okay? This is not a joke. Actual items people actually tried to sneak through security. Here's one. 
No. No, those couldn't be used as a weapon. Here's another one. Um, is that blood? Why is there blood? <laughs> Here's another one. Uh, let's check the passenger's name, Freddy Krueger. Uh, another one. Yeah, a baseball bat might be suspicious, but you wrapped it in barbed wire, and so... And, and last, yes, it's a bomb. You, you want to bring a bomb on the plane. You thought that was cool. Increased security screening processes to not allow unwanted people or items on flights is how America decided to wage war against terrorism. So how are you and I going to win the war for our minds? Same way. Well, there is more. And we're going to learn more in the next few weeks of this series. But we're going to start by installing security checkpoints in our minds to protect our thinking from unwanted intruders. Our thoughts control us, so we're going to control our thoughts. And by the way, yes, social scientists tell us this, but way before that, the Bible did. Uh, we're told in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. That's saying, man, your thought life is shaping who you are, who you're becoming. And it's time to take back our lives. We've got to change our thinking. And when we do, we'll change our lives. So uh, we're going to start by installing security checkpoints in our minds to protect our thinking from unwanted intruders. Because we have those 500 intrusive thoughts a day trying to get into and even take over our thinking. Thoughts like, I'll never achieve my dreams. I am defined by my sin. I'm not smart enough. I won't get to see my kids grow up. Something's going to happen to them. I'll never top this success. No one really loves me. And I don't, I don't think I have what it takes. I'll, I'll, I'll never escape my past. I don't deserve anything good. If you let yourself think those thoughts, they will shape your life. And, and then you'll wonder why your life is the way it is, why, why it's not the way you want it to be. And the answer is because you allowed to yourself to think those thoughts. Because you allowed yourself to think those thoughts. And, and, and it's not just negative, self-directed thoughts. It can also be uh, obsessing about what other people think of you, uh, being suspicious of other people's motives, having a victim mentality where you're always blaming God or other people, uh, worrying incessantly, fearing that uh, someone you love might be harmed, stewing over something that was done to you. You might, you might be thinking, well, that, I mean, isn't that just how I think? Yeah, but you don't have to think that way. And those thoughts are shaping your life. They're leading you away from the life you want to live, away from the life that God has for you to live. But you have a choice. You choose the thoughts you think. And so we're going to install a TSA-style security checkpoint in our minds. We're going to decide that from now on, we're going to examine a thought before we allow it to come in and hang out in our minds. And not only can we do this, and not only is it really wise, it's actually something God commands us to do. He commands you to do it because he loves you. In fact, everything God commands you to do 
is because he loves you. And he commands us, he commands you to examine, to filter the thoughts that you allow in your mind. Check it out. Um, here's one example of that, Philippians chapter four. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And let's, uh, I'm going I'm to read that one more time. This is big. We're going to start with the word fix. Maybe read along with me. It's on your screen. Um, yeah, why don't you do that? Let's read this out loud. I want you to remember this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What is this saying? It's saying that we need a screening process for our thoughts. For each thought, it's like, wait, whoa, 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 hold up. You can't just come in yet. Are you true? No? Well, then you are denied entry. Are you honorable? No? Sorry, I can't think that thought then. Are you pure? Oh, well, I am not allowing any impure thoughts in my mind, so bye-bye. Can you imagine how much of a game changer it would be if as you drove to work, uh, did the laundry, ran on the treadmill, waited to fall asleep, you only allowed into your mind thoughts that are true, right, pure, lovely, and excellent. Can you imagine how your life would change? Can you imagine how much more peace and joy you would have? And you can have that. Your life can change but you have to put that TSA in your mind. You might think you can't do that, that you can't control your thought life, but have you ever really tried? Better, have you ever asked God for help with this? Not in general, specifically this. Let me show you the verses that come just before Philippians 4.8, which is fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, excellent. Um, just before that, we're told in Philippians 4, verses 5 through 7, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see, um, do you see how, how God can be central to all this. Like you can do this because the Lord is near. God is with you so you can go to him and he will help you. He will help you to guard your mind. And just honestly, you really need his help. M me too. Because honestly, the issues with our thinking go deeper than we even realize. As as you start being more thoughtful about your thought life, you're going to discover some things. You're going to realize that it's not just intrusive thoughts that make their way into your mind. It's also that over time, you've come to believe some lies. Lies about yourself, lies about life, about other people, about God. And we actually base our lives on those lies. Those lies shape our lives, lives. Those lies shape our lives in the worst way. What do, what do, what do we do about that? 
that's what we're going to talk about next week. And do not miss next week. That's, that's what we're talking about next week. You're also going to realize as you start thinking about your thoughts that some of the unwanted thoughts and lies you believe have become ingrained. Let's, let's take a minute and talk about how your brain works. We're in a series, Winning the War in Your Mind, right? So, so it turns out that every thought you have produces a neurochemical change in your mind. Your, your brain literally redesigns itself around that thought. The, the brain is like a, a command center, and it thinks and directs the parts of your body through neurons. Uh, neurons link together to create messages. The, the same message sent multiple times will create a neural pathway. The, the presence of a neural pathway makes it easier to think that same thought again or for your body to send that same message again. Um, you, you can kind of think of a neural pathway as a brain rut, a rut in your brain. So um, one time, as um, eight, maybe eight, ten years ago, my family went horseback riding like with this, with this group thing um, through the desert. And we realized there was these little ruts in the desert, and we realized that the horses were walking, not just wherever they want in the desert, but specifically putting their feet in the ruts. And so I asked the guy in charge, I said, hey, why do you make uh, the horses walk in the ruts? Why, why do you do that? He said, oh, no, we don't make them. They just walk the exact same path every time, and it's created ruts, and they just stay in the ruts. In a similar way, repeated thoughts create pathways in your brain. That's why um, it's awkward the initial time you think of something or try something new. Like, like you, do you remember the first time you ever tried to ride a bike? It's difficult, right? Or the, the first time you tried to play the piano or play a certain video game. But as you continue to think that thought, or do that same thing again and again, it becomes easier and easier and easier, right? It's like, it's like it's not hard to ride a bike anymore. I'm, I'm starting to pick up the piano. This video game, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it pretty well. Why, why? What happened? What happened is without you realizing, you might say, practice, yeah. But what actually happened was you created mental ruts, neural pathways developed in your brain that made it easy for you to start doing things again, which were difficult the first time. So, neural pathways can be a good thing. Like, uh, when you learn to drive, you were unsure of yourself and it was challenging and you brake too hard, right? And, and today, you drive great without even thinking about it. Why? Because you developed neural pathways. Repetition formed mental ruts in your brain of what to do and what your brain tells your different parts of your body to do, and now it's easy. But neural pathways can also be a bad thing. Why? Well, it, it probably felt awkward the first time you uh, felt bad and tried to eat your feelings with a Snickers bar. And you're like, what am I doing? This is stupid. Or the first time you ever thought of yourself as a victim who can never win. You're like, is that right? Or the, the first time you responded to a bad experience by going shopping and buying something for yourself. 
The, the first time you looked at porn, you felt awkward about it, and I should, probably shouldn't be doing this, and like I feel guilty. It was uncomfortable, right? You had thoughts like, this is dumb. Why am I doing this? You may have felt a little guilty, but mm, at the same time, it also gave you a little jolt of pleasure, right? When I, the Snickers bar, the shopping, the porn, uh, that, that jolt of pleasure, that buzz is a chemical that your brain releases called dopamine. Okay? That's, that's what that is that makes you feel good. That little natural high is your brain's way of saying, hey, I like that. Let's think that thought again. Let's do that thing again. And so you checked out the girl at the gym again or drank another glass of wine when you were feeling stress or gossiped about a friend and made them feel or made them seem worse than you. And this second, third, fourth time, it felt a little less awkward. And you got another hit of dopamine. That led you to do it again. The third, fourth, fifth time was much easier. Why? Because you are developing a neural pathway of looking at girls in the gym, looking at porn, drinking a glass of wine, whatever it was, gossiping. And if you do the same thing enough, you will have a rut in your brain that you just automatically fall into. It's the easiest thing in the world to do what you've already been doing. See, you were designed to smoothly, even automatically, create and fall into habits based on neurological ruts in your brain. That is very helpful when it comes to brushing your teeth, right? You don't have to every day go, how do I do this again? Right? No, it's like, I got it. But it's very harmful when it comes to a self-defeating thought pattern. Like for me. Um... So when I, when I was a kid, my, uh, my father was a gambling addict and a con man. Uh, we had several times where he lost all of our money. Uh, we had a bunch of times where the police or someone was after him and we had to run. Like we, we, several times we left town in the middle of the night, ran. Now I'm an adult. And if my wife says, hey, um, I need to talk to you about something. My first thought is, oh, no. Um, if there's an unexpected expense, you know, something broke, I'm like, this is it. We're going to lose everything. If one of my kids makes a bad decision, they, ju they, they just ruin their lives. Look at them. They just ruin their lives. I, I, honestly, I never realized I did it until one day I was talking to a counselor, and he brought it up. He said, you have a tendency to catastrophize, don't you? I said, catastrophize? I don't know that word. And he said, yeah, um, you, you easily assume the worst possible outcome. I said, oh, that's catastrophize? Oh, I realized, yeah, I do that. Why? Because I spent years, years growing up, developing those neural pathways Worst possible outcomes were happening. I'm being woken up in the middle of the night. We got to go. Um, my, my mother says, Dad's gone again, and we have no money. We're going to have to just eat what we have in, in the house. We've got a couple of And so I, I spent years developing those neural pathways, and now the easiest thing is just to fall into those same unhealthy mental rust, ruts. In the, in the next few weeks of this series, I'll share a couple more of my mental ruts. But what about you? What's your rut? It might be um, when you were young, 
your mom's answer for every problem was food. Like uh, when you were a baby, you don't even remember this, but when you're a baby and you start to cry, she just stick a bottle in your mouth. And then as a toddler, if you were out playing and you fell down and skinned your knee, the solution wasn't a Band-Aid. It was come in the house, we'll get some ice cream. In high school, you were devastated because somebody broke up with you. She said, let's make some brownies, honey. What happened to you? Well, your mom didn't mean any, like she was trying to be sweet, right? But what happened was your brain created a neural pathway. Neurons linked together over and over with the same message. If you are hurt, if you are angry, if you are sad, eat something. Food will make it better. And so now you're an adult and food is your built-in response to the presence of any problem. Or um, per perhaps on the first day of first grade, uh, everybody was outside and some, you know, your gym teacher or your teacher said, hey, we're gonna play kickball, let's pick teams. And you were picked last for whatever, kickball, whatever. And you're standing there like your mom and dad always loved you. They told you you're the greatest and now you're picked last. And you're, you're starting to, you're trying to make sense of this. What does this mean? What is this? But then um, your father didn't treat you fairly. And you're like, hey, that kind of feels like what happened on the playground? Like, what's wrong with me? What's going on? And then maybe in middle school, you realize that your sibling was more popular than you. And you thought perhaps subconsciously, this is kind of like what happened on the playground and with my dad. And then maybe in high school, your parents told you that they were getting divorced. What was your reaction? Bad things like this always happen to me. Why? I think I'm cursed. What happened to you? That's not why your parents divorced, right? What happened? What happened was your, your brain over those years created this neural pathway. You came to believe a lie that you are a victim. You can't win. People always hurt you. And now, almost no matter what happens, your habitual response is to think someone's out to get you or something bad is about to go wrong again or you're not good enough. Or... Uh, maybe you went off to college and you felt really lonely. You didn't have any good friends. Um, you felt like you didn't fit in. Um, you're sitting there, you're alone. You realize the one thing you did have was your, your parents' credit card. And, and so you drove down to the mall and you bought some new clothes and having something new and nice, imagining what you'd look in it. Um, you know what happens in that dressing room when you're like, this is pretty nice. Dopamine. Your brain releases dopamine. And that natural high was the first time you had felt good in days or weeks because you've been so alone at college and felt so bad. Your brain responded, hey, this feels good. We haven't felt good in a while. Let's do this again. And so you did. Like a few weeks later, you received a, a bad grade. You're like, I'm gonna go to the mall. I'm gonna buy something. And then you, you got a boyfriend, girlfriend, but, but you went through this painful breakup. You're depressed. I'm gonna go to the mall. I'm gonna go buy something. What, what, what exactly happened to you at college? Your brain created a neural pathway. And now, whenever you're disappointed, or when you feel like you're not enough, or when you're angry, I think I'll buy something. Let me get on Amazon. You, you buy something. The battle for your life is won or lost in your mind. 
And it may be that you are losing the battle. What do we do? Well, it's a problem because honestly, this isn't a war that we can win on our own. Good news, you don't have to. You do not have to fight this battle on your own. There is a different, better way to fight. And and this different, better way has everything to do with God. Check out 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Wait, huh? What is that, what is that talking about? Strongholds? What's that? And it's a divine power? How, how do I get that? That is what we're going to talk about next week. So if, if you have unwanted, intrusive thoughts, if you find yourself stuck in unhelpful ruts, good news is coming. Next week, we're going to see that God has given us a way out that works. This week, I, I just want to encourage you to, to think about what you think about, to pay attention to your thoughts. Where are they negative? Where are they leading you in the wrong direction? And to ask God for help in starting to screen your thoughts. For each thought, to, to, it's going to be hard at first, just like everything else is, right? You don't have those, those neural pathways developed yet. There's no ruts for it, but you're going to start forming it. Each thought, you're going to say, whoa, whoa, hold up. You can't come in yet. Are you true? No? Well, then you are denied entry. Are you honorable? No? Sorry, I can't think that. Are you pure? Uh uh-uh, I'm not allowing impure thoughts in my mind anymore. You can do that. It's going to feel awkward at first. Everything feels awkward at first, but with God's help, you can do that. And come back for the rest of this series because we are going to learn how to win the war in our minds. Right now, let's pray. After we pray, we're going to do one song, man. It's going to be a great song that's just going to connect you with God. And then we've got an important announcement for you, and then we'll let you go. God, thank you. (laughs) Thank you that uh, there is a way to win this war for our minds because the battle is won or lost in our mind. God, thank you that you have answers, that that today we probably learn much more about the problem, right? We're like, I didn't even realize uh, that this is true. I didn't even realize that I believe lies. I didn't even know that I have these, these neural pathways that I get stuck in. I had no idea. No wonder I'm, I'm messed up. No wonder I keep doing things I don't want to do. God, that, that is bad news, but there is good news, and we're going to learn in this series. God, I pray that you would use this series to help us to win the war in our minds and take our lives back. And I know you can do that, God. We ask you for that. We, we come to you uh, in worship with this next song. In Jesus' name, amen.